I was away for a couple of days for the first time in over a year. It was such a good opportunity to be on the road, and it felt so good. It also gave me a chance to catch up on no less than eight books in one two-hour drive, and that's because I was using this incredible app called Blinkist. It's hard to find the time to sit down and read and learn more, so when you don't have that free time, you can't read or work on your personal development. That's really annoying. Blinkist is really unique, and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books, and condenses them down to just 15 minutes each that you can read or listen to. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash reach. Try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash reach to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you go and sign up right now at Blinkist.com slash reach. Welcome to Friday night's after show. It's Friday. It's finally here. These are two of my favorite people in the entire world. Greg Oliar is here from Prevail and Lincoln's Bible is here. How are you, LB? I'm good. Nice to see yeah, you. I'm happy Greg. it's Friday. I'm oh like my gosh. so happy we're here. I, it is now my marker to just make it to narrative. And then I'm like, yay. I started the day with a, one set of news stories. We're ending with a completely different set of news stories because so much has happened today. If you felt the earth move today, by the way, it actually did shake. There's a volcano in the Grenadines, which erupted for the first oh, yeah. time since 1979. The plume of smoke was, and, and ash is kind of amazing, and lots of people are being evacuated, but it did actually shake. It was a world-moving event. The other big news was Prince Philip passing away. Yeah. And that's really sad. Um, he, he, he's been around a while, 99 years, so maybe you could say he had a good, yeah. as they say in, in cricket, a good innings. But oh. on the other hand, he's a controversial guy. And it makes me wonder about whether Prince Charles will be the one who takes over, whether they'll skip over to William. Yeah, LB, what do you think about what's going on with uh, with Prince Philip and uh, <laughs> he's the dearly departed? He lived a long time. He had a, a, a royal life, right? And he sure was did. a royal. He came in as a royal and he went out as a royal. And, uh, and that's a very specific thing. And I am not a monarchist. I am not. So... I have a hard time, uh, you know, I think it's just like a family story right now. We could talk about this guy, but I don't know. I don't like his sisters married all those Nazis. I, I never liked this guy. <laughs> I got to be honest. He was quiet and in the background as far as anybody could tell. But I, again, I, I'm an American. I'm not, in, I'm not into these monarchs. We got rid of them. 
Goodbye. I, yeah. I, don't, I have a lot of issues, but I want to hear what Greg has to say because he's got a lot to say. I was surprised that my kids knew who he was. Mm. They both knew. I have I have a, a freshman and a sophomore, 16 and 14, and they both were acutely aware not only of who Prince Philip was, but that he existed and that he had died. And I thought that was weird. And apparently there was a lot of um, fun being made at his expense over the last year or so on TikTok oh, yeah? because he, he looked so much like an, a, a member of the undead oh, that yeah. the kids were actively making fun of him. And now, you know, they can't do that anymore. So this is what I learned today is that he was, I don't think it's technically a meme because TikTok isn't memeing, but it, it was a thing that all the kids. This is a portrait they just did of him recently where he looks quite good. Uh, in some of these other pictures towards his death there, he was looking like he was uh very, very close to death. I, was, I thought he might have died sooner. And, you know, the whole thing with Prince Harry and and Meghan, I think this was a hard year. Um, you know, I would I use that term, uh, Annus Horribilis, that she used before, the Queen used before. And I think she's had another Annus Horribilis this year. So, I mean, I do have sympathy for her. I do. And she's had to deal with the whole thing of COVID and her nation dying and all of that. And Brexit. Those are terrible things to have to deal with, I imagine. But there's something about this royal family which just makes you wonder... You know, why can't they be human? Why can't they be in any way like the rest of us? I covered the, the Princess Diana funeral and the death of Princess Diana, which was a huge story. And about the first time I ever uh, thought of these guys having any sort of soul or any sort of heart. Because you actually, you know, you go to London, everyone, everyone's very nice, very jolly, very uh, particular, but they very rarely are, are expressing emotions uh, in the way that the rest of the world does. And she uh, made them feel for the first time. Princess Diana made them feel. There were literally people wandering in the streets, um, crying. There was people carrying flowers by the bucket loads to, to the various palaces and, and leaving them there. And, you know, there was a real sense of mourning for the first time in, in, in the UK. Because before then and since then, I've never felt that they've been very good at that, you know. But clearly, the future king is a racist. When he asked that question about uh, Meghan Markle's baby, he said, you know, what color is it going to be? This guy's a racist. I mean, he clearly is that. And they're, you know, they're going out saying, oh, we're not racist. But of course they're racist. I mean, of course they are. The royal family has always been racist. They, you know, for a while there, they were sort of Nazi supporters. You know, there's a whole history there which makes you wonder about who they are and what they really are doing um, and, and that whether they're very human. And a lot of the time, I think that they're sort of not very human. The Diana thing you mentioned, I think it was in early 96 because I was living in Hoboken and I had a subscription to the New York Times and I went and got the paper and put the paper on my table and the headline was on the Times. And that's how I found out the news, which was how long ago it was <laughs> that I actually discovered this from seeing the headline in a paper, you know, like in an old movie or some movie, the guys walking yeah. down the street and Oh my God, I have to see the headline in the paper. It's the only time in my life that ever actually yeah. happened. Where, yeah. Hey, those are the good old days when you actually had to go and report the news. You had to go somewhere to report the news. You know, <laughs> um, I was working for the, the, the net, the big network morning show here in Canada and I, uh, and I, I, my boss wouldn't let send me. I was and I was furious. He was like, "You've got to send me. You've got to send me." Finally, like six hours later, I convinced him to let me go. Uh, so I, you know, flew overnight to London, and then we did the morning show the next day out of London. And it it was a good decision because then then we realized what a dramatic impact she'd had on on the world and on particularly on the British people. Uh, and it seems that they at the moment probably changed royal history forever. I mean, 
I, I, yeah. For me, at least, the royal family has not been the same since. I think they've been dealing with the, with the challenges that she brought to them in terms of what kind of people they were ever since. And we're seeing it in Harry and in William today. You know, Diana felt like that death felt like I, it felt like she just got consumed to death, right? It was just like, it was like, you know, losing John Lennon or something. It was the fame that took her and that and that and what she stood for that threatened everybody around her and then she kept going you know so it was just this big bright thing uh her existence and then it was just it just was like it couldn't keep going it just you know love, it, you know it, she stood for love she and stood she stood for, for her, she having did, a heart and compassion but yeah. that 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 was secondary mm. to the mission of the family that she was mm. in and um and so that there was the conflict, right? <laughs> and I, I think there's a there's something even underneath all of that that so Philip's very different. He just this man was born a royal. He's a mm. Greek royal. He lived his whole life as a royal. He insisted on a royal title to marry her, uh, the queen, and and he's a fig. He, he knew who had to do that job. He was born to do that job, right? Um, so and he lived in ninety nine. My yeah. God, I hope I lived in 99 and he was driving a car just until a couple of years ago. So, I mean, the guy, you know, he did it. He made it. Good on you, dude. So it's not like a this tragedy, mm. uh, you know, in terms of like, oh, my God, this somebody just got, you know, stolen um, from existence. I'm so bothered and disturbed by, you know, these dependencies that still exist, these queens' uh, dependencies, these regions that are, are are part of that crown, mm -hmm. but but have a you know answer to it. There, she does still have the power there, and then you have things like Harry and Meghan saying, "Well, it's not the queen," mm -hmm. and, and this whole line, "It's not the queen. She's lovely. She doesn't have anything to do with the real power. It's the real power that oppressed us." It's like, is she the Who's queen the or real not? Power? Yeah. Is she the queen or not? She's the queen. Everybody works for her in that, that structure of that monarchy. There's no like subgroup over here. <laughs> She's in charge somehow, by design. That, that's somehow not subject to her power. Mm. So I, the whole narrative around all this is starting to just kind of, for me, it's just crumbling in a way that, you know, it was always horseshit. I, I'm Irish. So I like that Irish treat. That guy that sent out. It's like, is everybody finally realized that they got a, they're living next door to a bunch of clowns? Except, you know, they killed your grandpa. <laughs> if you're in your yeah. Irish, they kill you. So it's just different for me. Get it. I, I, I it's different. I think, it's, look, I think Americans have a very big, big, big fascination with the royal family. They always have. Um, they love the idea of royalty, but they don't want to be subject to that royalty. And yet, somehow, there, there still seems to be a lot of influence amongst these royal families around the world. You would think that now, after all these you know, f uh, battles for democracy have happened around the world, that these royal families would be just you know, figureheads, but they're not. You know, when you think about the uh, centuries and centuries of power and wealth that they've accumulated, that power and wealth is still very present in our daily lives. You know? uh, and even the story we've been covering so closely, the Deutsche Bank story around Donald Trump. You know, Deutsche Bank was started by the King of Prussia, uh, now Germany or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, so 
that's that's where that money came from. It came from hundreds and hundreds of years of royal family money. Um, and, you know, maybe the royal family or the remnants of the royal family still have an interest in what happens around the world in terms of democracy. Maybe they don't. I suspect they do. And I suspect, you know, that they use these vehicles of power that they've built up, these networks of power, really, that they've built up over centuries to still influence the world. And even though they might seem like they give a nod to democracy in that they pretend that they've got democratic countries, in those countries, including this one, Canada, where I live in right now, and the UK, you know, you've got politics is sort of sitting on top of these networks. It's these old school networks that sit around, that have been around forever. Big family monies, um, the royal family, the, you know, you name it, they've been around forever. The churches or all the, all the religions, they all have like these long, deep networks. And then they, they, they're the basis for everything. On top of that, they throw politics. You know, and the politics sort of slides on top of that. But they have the power, um, ultimately. And I think, you know, the United States was the first time that I can think of where that was really challenged. Um, and they were like, we're going to do it our own. We're going to do it our own where we're not going to, we're not going to have this aristocracy. We're not going to have the royal family. No one's going to tell us what to do. But that leaves America as, you know, pretty isolated in the world because I think it's the only country in the world that really doesn't have all those institutions. Um, and even though we've, appear to be on an equal standing with everybody. Maybe it hasn't been so equal after all. Maybe along the way, you know, uh, maybe we did upset some people in the royal family or the royal families around the world when we said, uh, you know, you can't keep your laundered money in offshore holdings anymore because we don't think that they're legal. Maybe that, you know, maybe that upset some people. It probably did. Maybe when, when um, you know, Barack Obama decided let's do the Magnitsky sanctions against Russia, the old Russian royal family, which is still very much in existence, many of them live in the United States, maybe they were a little bit upset about the fact that their, you know, their money might be uh, commandeered by the American government or frozen by the American government because it's in offshore holdings and is illegally kept there. I mean, all those things are very real possibilities. That the, this is what, a, you know, this is what triggered where we are today. Um, and... We have to look at the way the churches are operating and the way the other religions, like Chabad, operates within um, within this weird royal world of, of the Russians. You know, it's a, it's a sect of Jewish religion, but it operates within the royal household of, of Russia. You know, it's, it's where Putin gets his, a lot of his ability to network the world is, is through Chabad. I mean, these are old, old, old institutions and networks that really, that really challenge the idea of democracy. And... Uh, and we need to think about how we deal with those because they're not sort of going away without, you know, without some pressure, presumably. As and I want LB to talk about this in a second, but before before we go to you, I I want to say, in the movie Naked Gun, okay, um, the plot revolves around the Queen of England visiting Los Angeles, and Frank Drebin of Police Squad is responsible for protecting the Queen while she's in LA. And there's this press conference that they give and he's sort of scatterbrained played by Leslie Nielsen. And he comes up at the press conference and says, as ridiculous as the idea of a queen seems to us as Americans, we must be considerate and gracious hosts. And that right there perfectly encapsulates my feelings of the queen of England. Yeah. It, It could not, I couldn't, you know, be here all night and I couldn't say it better. I'll tell a personal story. So, my mother-in-law, who's still with us, uh, she has very advanced Alzheimer's, um, but it's okay. It's just okay. She's a, is a fabulous, incredible woman, she, yeah, a Jewish woman. 
Uh, so I have a Jewish mother-in-law. It, it, it came with everything. I got Jewish everything. and Irish. Well, that doesn't explain anything about you. Oh, it was the best. <laughs> it was the best, though. Um, you know, and uh, and she. I'll share this tiny little bit. So she was actually uh, quite an accomplished musician, classical musician, and uh, married to a, a. You know, uh, her husband was just just extraordinary man, but because of who he was. They played music all over the world uh, when they were younger. And and my mother-in-law, she's very, uh, and admittedly, sort of like everyone kind of figured out, oh, she's very heavily on the spectrum too, but has her brilliance in her music. It just is this original character. You cannot imagine a character like my mother-in-law. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So, I, oh my God, I've always wanted to write her. She's so great. So she... She literally, when she was like in her 20s, they were playing somewhere. I, I think it was either Italy or Spain. It was a thing. And so, and the, there was a queen there. And there was a whole thing where they, there was little training. This is how you do. This is how you, you know, they teach you how you have to do for the uh, you do the curtsy? Yeah. Yeah. And this Can you curtsy, tiny by the way? Little, you should do the curtsy. I, I, I have <laughs> no idea. Challenge. I, I, I don't know. But I'm t and she's like five feet. Right, so this mm. tiny and gorgeous, right? Which she was, you know, in her twenties. I suppose still, so tiny little spitball woman with no filter, right? And she <laughs> goes, "I don't bow to queens." This queen was right there. I don't bow to you, she says, and they just walk. She walked along, and everyone's oh. like, "Okay, she's not bowing." But look at what she proved in that moment. They didn't do anything. What's going to happen? The world did not cave in. They didn't kick her out. Nothing happened. She just refused it. She refused the ridiculousness. Oh, you can refuse it, but then the you crowd. can't gain access and to it. If you want to play their game, you have to play their game. And you have to like, oh, yeah. you have to know how to curtsy and you have to know how the process works. And if you go to one of those uh, tea parties that the Queen has at Buckingham Palace, it's a big deal. And whether she comes and talks to you is another even bigger deal. Uh, and the way that it happens is a whole process it's like a whole ritual that they've developed and all that ritual keeps them in power and keeps them you know it keeps them plentiful and they're able to keep all these subordinates doing things for them whether they're you know the knights okay, well, then or you're different orders up. and giving something up to get whatever you think yeah, they're going to give you and you that's do. transactional and that's corrupt i'm sorry well it I could don't be. like it could be. I mean, certainly, it's a, it's like a good reason to live in the United States of America. So you were talking about the Russia mm. thing. That's an mm. oligarchy. I, there's, it is this thing of there's a there's a sector of wealth that this power, property, prestige, and we do we are a democracy. But if you look at our constitution, it was written by white propertyed males for white propertyed males. It was about your property, um, and. But it was written in such a language that it could evolve to be what it is today. It could evolve to be a true democracy. We're still working hard towards it. Mm -hmm. We really are. But we're still dealing. We're still dealing with um, with all those with, with that fracture of that origin. Even though we threw off the monarchy of well, these people who had the power still were the white men that had the property. Right. And that's that's what royals were. They were just land. I mean, I'm a little concerned that we're we're going to get King Charles. I mean, I'll say you this. Can't that they're going to skip him. I don't they know why have you to skip, skip him. him. They have to skip why him. Why would he's, they skip him? He's just like a cranky old dude from like the, you know, what? he's thinking he's prehistoric. He doesn't make a lot of sense. He's a racist. He doesn't reflect the, the British people anymore, if he ever did. Um, 
you know, he's got this weird sort of awkward way about him. He's not, you know, he's friends with Donald Trump. I, I don't know. What else do you need? Uh, he's just not my, uh, I mean, I'd much rather see William and Kate try to modernize that throne if they can. At least they seem to have a conscience and at least they seem to think about the world in a, in a, in a, in a more normal way. At least they drive their own cars, you know? I, I mean, it, there's just something more, you know, 21st century about them where Prince Charles or King Charles would be just awful, just tired. I'm tired of him already and he's not even the king. You know, I, I have no opinion because I really don't give a shit. I don't care which one of them's king. I think they should, none of them should be. And, uh, you yes. know, they didn't, they did say what you will about Russia. Okay. Yep. And the way that they did it was horrible and, and barbaric, but they ended the goddamn monarchy in that country. Oh, we they think they did. It. We think they did. No, you know, apparently they did they not. Did. Apparently they the, did the, not. The hereditary monarchy is the guy who's supposed to be. The Romanov now runs some company in Brussels, but that yes. he's—I'm gonna—I'm gonna predict boldly on the show. You watching here? I don't think he's ever gonna be czar. I'm just gonna say it right now. He is he not gonna be back. czar. Okay. George, George Romanov, I'm sorry. I just don't think it's gonna happen to you. When the when the Bolsheviks did that, when the Bolsheviks took over and they put their hammer and sickle on the flag, where there was always these elaborate crowns and bullshit. That scared the shit out of everybody. It really did. So you had two times. You had America. And we always kind of, you know, we played it both ways in here. But the Soviets threw that shit off. Now, Putin has, is trying to bring it back, but it's not the same thing. It's not a hereditary oh. line. They do have like a mixture there. So I'm told that a lot of the royal class actually integrated into the administration in, into Russia. So they became the administrative class. They became the people who told people what they could do. And they were able to do the mix there of both royal, hereditary, and meritocracy, which is, seems like a, a good modern idea. But, uh, but nevertheless, it's still, if you were a moneyed um, person, you'd land up getting a good government job and you'd basically run things, uh, even within the communist world. But that might have been just to just to make it easier for them to take over. There's like psychological reasons why they right. would do that rather than monarchical reasons. But the, I want to say, like, as a as an American and as a creative person and as an individualist type person, mm -hmm. the whole idea that somebody's born to be some kind of ruling over us is such fucking bullshit. I hate it. It is anathema to everything that I feel in my bones. And yet it yeah. is ingrained in all the literature, all of the literature, going back to literally the dawn of literature, because the first thing that people wrote down was this is the son of Tralala, who was the son of the Gaga Ga, who's the king of the asshole. <laughs> That's it. So he got that person, he got this jerk. It's six oxen and it's just <laughs> bullshit. And you look at these monarchies, man. Yeah, they have money, but they're inbred as fuck. They are inbred. <laughs> Charles, Google Charles II of Spain, everybody, when this is done. Look at a picture of this is done. Uh, of a possible, I think it was, what is it, 64, if I'm doing the math right? He should have 64 different individuals in his, like, you know, genetic yeah. forebearers and of a possible 64 spots there was like 20 people so he's he had like webbed feet he was such a fucking mess this guy that ended the Habsburg <laughs> rule in Spain okay then the other Habsburgs were inbred so they had that big Habsburg jaw mm. which is this happens yeah. when when there's inbreeding <laughs> recessive weird shit happens in your because that isn't supposed to come out 
because dominant genes over override it, but two recessive genes from inbred comes out, right? That's why all these royals have hemophilia. We had a situation in Russia yeah, where Queen Victoria was a carrier of hemophilia and gave it to every goddamn family ruling, you know, royal family Ooh. in Europe oh, just about, right. okay? And it came out where Nicholas II of Russia's son, Alexei, the only boy, because God forbid that, that one of the women should be uh, in charge, even though the women in Russia historically who have been in charge of it much better than the men. Yeah, that Catherine. Fact, okay? She was good. And, and, and Elizabeth was also. Anyway, so this kid had hemophilia, and they didn't know how to, what to do because every time he, like, you know, stubbed that's his right. toe, oh, no, he's going to bleed to death. And, and that's why Rasputin showed up, this seven-foot-tall, weird mystic guy, because for all the whatever about him and all the – for some reason, he was able to help the kids' hemophilia and stop the bleeding, and nobody else could do it. This isn't hmm. crazy. This sounds like a like a. I didn't know that. Movie. I didn't know that about it. <laughs> no, it's That's true. Really interesting. That's why they kept this asshole around. So you have a thing where this sickly kid, who's inbred and therefore had, there's a problem that he shouldn't have, okay, um, has to be treated by this seven foot tall weirdo mystic who's moved into the, the goddamn palace because Nicholas II, who was cus first cousins with the goddamn King of England, who he was at war with, <laughs> decided that because he was the czar, he was a better general than all the generals and completely fucked up World War I so badly for Russia that the Bolsheviks took over and just were like, all right, we're done. Are you we gotta, serious? We gotta end this shit. Because of him, okay? yeah. That, yes. was, okay. that was brilliant. I'm sorry. Oh my God. That was the like, weird history of the world by Greg Odeon. And everyone's here like, oh, uh, it's, the, it's the royal. Oh, is it going to be William? <laughs> is it going to be the kid of the Dada? And they're all, they're all, they're, these people are all German anyway. They're not even really Why British. Why are they, they German? Just there. Oh, they, oh my God. The, 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 the Romanov, you know, Catherine came over there from Germany, <laughs> killed her actual oh Romanov husband and had kids with God knows who. So oh, none really? of the Romanovs are even Romanovs anymore, probably. And it, it, the whole thing is crazy. Because they, they're they're not really British, right? I mean, they're sort of like they're 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 good to von Sachs. They're, they're 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 Germans. That's why they were okay with yeah. the Nazis. Edward the Edward the Eighth, okay, who was king for like a, a week and a half. Yeah. Uh, before he decided to to, to marry to, to abdicate the throne to marry the <laughs> twice divorced American Wallace Simpson, comma a Nazi spy was <laughs> fucking the German whatever. Van uh, they wanted the Germans wanted to get that guy uh, to install him on the throne during the Second World War, thinking that you know because he's the monarch. He would then ally with Germany and neutralize Britain as a threat. And this was such a serious thing that they sent him to like Bermuda during the war. And FDR really? put dudes on him. FDR sent people to Bermuda yeah. to keep an eye on this stupid asshole with his twice divorced American Wait, wife. So this was only like uh, within the last hundred years. We're talking about recent yeah, history. 40s. Yes. Yeah. It's still, yeah. That was so powerful if then. Guy, if this guy decided not to abdicate to marry yeah. this Maria Butina of her time, <laughs> Wallace Simpson, oh. uh, Queen Elizabeth, oh. yeah, well, Queen Elizabeth uh. would not be queen because she's the whatever anyway the whole thing is crazy but they, but they, they, was, go they really the are books. more powerful than oh, we realize they we really are to, you're the father of this person and the dada of that person at least in america we try to have monarch you know we we like it we like the idea of dynasties oh george w bush must be well, because his father is a bush and now we have this yeah. george prescott bush you know we like this shit 
But at the end of the day, here you can the the name helps, but you have to be good at what you do at least a little bit, or else what happens is, uh, what happens is you wind up like Matt Gates. Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at Patreon.com/forward/slash/narrative.